thank you for joining. We are not our secrets. I have a special guest today, Mrs. Bunny. I met her on Facebook and Twitter on social media, and we have been friends ever since. She has been mentoring me since she is an author of several books. Hi, Bunny. How are you? I am just absolutely awesome. I'm so glad to be here with you and your friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy for you to join my show for people like you coming and giving me their time and energy. We are so grateful to you. And many of you are educating us about trauma, just like I want it. And we are going to have a great day. And you just recently uh, wrote a series of books, correct? Yeah, I'm actually kind of in the middle of a nine book series. I just published book five uh, this last month. And um, book six will be published in March of this, uh, excuse me, May of this coming year. And um, I kind of got started uh, doing this whole noveling thing. And it's kind of like eating peanuts. You can't eat just one. Oh, man. <laughs> that is awesome. And you're doing nine book series. Man, what a, an accomplishment. It's I'm so really, proud of you. Congratulations. It's a really long story arc, but um, I've broken it up into three trilogies. It's basically, it's about two different women I interweave their stories one with another, and it's science fiction, it's fantasy. There are uh, robots and dragons in my books. How fascinating. Oh, that sounds great. Robots and dragons. What more could you ask for? (laughs) That is awesome. When did you write your first book? Um, I published the first one two weeks before my 64th birthday in 2019, um, which is why I tell everyone that is an aspiring author or who has something they've always wanted to do in their life, it's never too late, never give up on your dream. That's awesome. And I find myself doing the same thing. I'm writing after retirement. So we are letting people know, like you said, never give up on your dream or Never give up on something that you were procrastinating against or something that held you back. In my instance, it was trauma that had held me back. And so I finally got to write mine. But like you said, now we're fulfilling our dreams. I hope we inspire others out there. Right. Well, and see, for me, it was this. um, And and you're, you're right about trauma. I wanted to write a novel from the time I was 16, 17 years old. I was going to be one of the great American novelists. I, that was my goal. And then um, after high school, I went into the military and then I met my sweet husband and we had six kids and on and on and on and on. I had many opportunities to do some amazing things. I was a professional clown for a while. I was in broadcast television for 15 years. I've just done a lot of really fun and interesting things in my life, but I've also had a lot of, oh, shall we say, difficult times. Um, at one point I was charging out there. I had, uh, I owned a podcasting network, interestingly enough, back wow. when, when most people didn't know what a podcast was. 
um, a little bit ahead of my time. And um, we were doing well. We were doing very well. And then the 2008 bubble burst. And because I was a business to business business, um, pretty much every single one of my clients, their businesses went out from underneath them at that time. And uh, also my investors uh, went out of business. And it, I, real, I literally went from living in a gated community and driving a late model car to uh, being homeless with my husband. We had between us two suitcases and my laptop. And that was all we had left after um, being you know, married since 1973. We were sleeping on other people's couches. Wow. Really you know what? What a story of perseverance. And you had six children. Were they grown then or did you have to be homeless with the children? Yeah, no, they were all grown at that time. I had grandkids by that time. Um, and um, uh, it was just, it was, it was a crazy time. Fortunately, I went uh, for a while to live with my sister-in-law in upstate New York and then went down to uh, North Carolina to live with my daughter. And I lived with her for about six years um, and then came out here to Richland area uh, in Washington, Eastern Washington state. And I've been there ever since, but the whole writing thing, um, the story behind that is, um, uh, you know, when we talk about the things that we go through that, that craft us into the person that we become during those the time from 2008 on i went through a series of very difficult things i lost all the toes on my right foot due to uh, diabetic complications um and then uh, i was just starting to um, recover from that and i uh, was tested and, and found i had breast cancer and so I went through all of that and the radiation treatments and everything. And then I had some other surgeries uh, following that. And then we came out here to um, Washington State. And my husband, who had uh, been uh, diagnosed with epilepsy and had been epileptic for about 30 years, um, got a surgery that actually relieved his epilepsy, which was wonderful. The VA took very good care of us during all of this time. Um, uh, is one of the benefits of having signed that blank check for our government uh, back in the day. And, um, and then um, things felt like they were going better, although, um, you know, I still was struggling because of uh, my lack of balance and things like that. But I was going through physical therapy and all this kind of stuff. And I was bound and determined I was going to ditch my walker and I wasn't going to have to use it anymore. Um, and then I started getting blood blisters on the bottoms of my feet, which I'd already lost toes due to gangrene. And um, uh, I went to my podiatrist with this and he said, oh, you've got to get off your feet and you've got to stay off your feet. And I found out I was going to have to be in a wheelchair pretty much permanently. Oh, no. Um, and I have to tell you that I went through a significant time of mourning at that point. I can't imagine. That would be something to mourn about. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm the kind of person for most of my life, I walked five miles a day. I um, was active. Jo George and I 
met um, over dancing. And so we, we, we did square dancing and regular dancing. And when there was a dance at the church by Jinkies, we were on the floor unless there was no music playing. And sometimes not even then we were on the floor. And, um, and we actually had a square dance reception at our wedding, on our wedding day. Uh, we had uh, 10 squares on the floor. That's 80 people all dancing and me in my wedding gown out there square dancing. It was great. I ha have to say that, um, you know, dancing was definitely one of our connectors and like that. But when I found out that I would no longer be able to do anything but do minor walking inside my house and would not be able to go out walking and do these things. Like I said, I went into mourning because of, uh, I just felt like I'd lost so much. During that period of time, I just previous to that, I'd been helping a friend of mine um, doing some video editing for him. He was doing a series of interviews with authors and I kept listening to these authors and thinking, you know, I could probably do this. But then, like I said, I went through this thing where I was just, oh my goodness, I, you know, like I, I couldn't say that I felt like my life was over, but it was definitely deprecated. I just didn't feel like that there was much in store yet for me because obviously the, all the physical therapy in the world was going to fix the fact that I no longer had any padding on the bottom of my feet and those blood blisters could mean I could lose my feet or my legs or die. So, you know, wheelchair it was, but, um, so I prayed about it and I prayed about it and I prayed about it for weeks. Mm -hmm. Finally, one morning I woke up and this was so clear to me. It was like somebody was standing there next to me, speaking into my ear. Um, there was, the house was quiet. There was nobody else up. And the thought that came to me at that point was you need to stop focusing on what you can't do and start thinking about what you can do. Um, it was, that was significant to me. That is, that is. Um, and um, then just soon after that, and I don't believe in accidents. I, um, I think that there are a lot of things that happen in our lives that are definitely happen for a reason. Right. Um, and, um, I got the opportunity to interview one of my favorite authors. Um, her name is Mercedes Lackey. And I don't know if you've read any of her books. She's a sci-fi fantasy author, very famous. She's got over 140 books to her credit, uh, married to Larry Dixon, who's also a very famous science fiction author. And um, we're doing the, the interview. And um, after we turned off the recording, was so cool she spent another 45 minutes just talking to me and it was a total fangirl moment for me you know yeah. I'm just in awe of this woman and what she's accomplished and finally very timidly I said to her you know I've been thinking about writing a book and she leaned up into the camera to where all I could see was her face <laughs> and and she said so put your butt in the chair and write <laughs> And I said, okay. <laughs> hey, you'd never know where inspiration comes. 
That's an excellent story. What an excellent story. And she was someone that you were familiar with and that you looked up to and that was an icon in that industry. How fun. Absolutely. It was so cool. And so I did, I, I, and then I, I'm going, okay, so I'm going to write a book. What am I going to write about again? (laughs) And, um, I, there was this dream, it had been a recurring dream that had happened over and over since I was in high school. Um, I don't know if you've ever had one of those, but it just kept coming back and it was always slightly a little bit different. But each time it would come back, I'd ask somebody, hey, this dream keeps coming back. What do you think it means? This is just crazy. And um, they'd say, well, I really don't know, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I wasn't sure. And so um, then somebody suggested that I write it down. And so I had done so. And um, she said, if you write it down, it probably won't come back. Well, as I was casting about for what to write about this little piece of paper that I had written this dream down on, basically popped into my view. And I said, ooh, now there's some potential. And that was the beginning of the Dimensional Alliance book series. Wow. And so that is excellent. And yes, I have had recurring dream and I hope it comes true. It's about me being so rich. I couldn't give all my money away to fam- family and friends. So oh, I, I hope it does. It went on for six months. It's, it went on until I told it and wrote it out. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And so this particular dream was kind of weird. Um, uh, in the dream, I am having a housewarming and it's my housewarming. Um, uh, I've got a brand new house and um, all my friends are gathered there to support me in that. And um, one of them comes up to me and asks for something. And it's a little bit different in each dream, but I tell them, oh, sure, I've got it in the other room. I'll go get it. And as I'm walking down the hallway, I notice a door that I hadn't noticed before. And I'm going, I didn't know there was a closet there. And you know how you are when you um, get a new house. It's like you look in every nook and cranny to see where you're going to put everything, right? Right. So I open this door and it's not a closet. It's a room the size of Costco. (laughs) And, And this obviously could not be there. And in the room are things like jet airplanes and grand pianos <laughs> and, and sculptures and clothing and toys and, oh, my goodness, all kinds of weird and interesting things. And I stand there for a minute and I go, wow. And I run back and I tell everybody, hey, you got to come see this. This is so cool. I get back there and the door is gone. Oh, no. Right? And that is the basis for... Um, this series um, that is about a young woman who inherits a house, a cat, and a key from an aunt she's only met twice in her life. Turns out the house has a room in it that couldn't possibly be there. The cat is not a cat, and the key doesn't fit any of the locks in her home, but unlocks adventures in the multiverse and teaches her things about herself she never thought were possible. Wow. How interesting, fascinating. None of it would have probably happened 
if it hadn't been for the series of events that were so incredibly difficult for me. Wow. Um, losing so you had my, to go through, like they said, to get to. Right, exactly. Losing everything I owned. But you know what? I learned something from that. Really important. Stuff is just stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, I lost my dragon collection. I lost my books. I had five bookcases full of books because I'm just a bookaholic and that's all there is to it. I lost all of my family photographs. I lost everything. My car was repossessed. Uh, I was evicted from my house, something that had never happened to me in my life before. What Weird. a testimony of, of faith and well, perseverance. I was taught growing up, my grandparents raised me and my grandpa was a very wise man. And I was taught growing up that you have a choice. Every morning when you wake up, you get to choose how you view the world. And um, even when things are hard, you get to choose how you're going to handle them. And that means stopping and looking at your situation and evaluating what I actually go through this a little bit in my books, um, evaluating the situation. And then based on your evaluation, making a decision on how you are going to act on what's going on in your life and then taking action. That final part is so important. And part of that for me is prayerfully considering my situation. Um, Every time that I've followed those precepts, good things have happened, not always just for me, but for other people. I know that um, when I, you can act or react, right? Um, and when I react, it usually ends badly. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless it's a reaction that I have honed in the past to be a positive reaction. And that takes practice and I've gotten plenty of it. Um, over my lifetime, um, uh, there's a lot of, let's just say I've had a very interesting journey. Uh, like I said, I was raised by my grandparents um, due to um, circumstances beyond my mother's control. And my grandparents were wonderful, amazing, um, and so um, loving and supportive of two little kids when they should have been enjoying their golden retirement. I didn't really realize or understand completely what they gave up for me and my sister, mm -hmm. the grandparent myself. Um, but I have to say how much I appreciate the people in my life who've taught me so much by their example of holding on and hanging in there and um, reacting in kind and um, supportive ways so, so very, very important. Um, and so for me, my goal, my outlook is how can I reach out to somebody else to help them get through something that's hard for them? And I try to do that on a daily basis. Every morning, um, that's my goal, is to reach out to somebody who's struggling and give them a word of encouragement um, uh, and show them that it can get better. 
Um, and sometimes it just means crying with them a little bit and listening to what they have to say and letting them get rid of the junk that's going on in their head about their situation. And other times it's just encouraging them and, and helping them recognize that nothing in life is permanent, whether that's success or failure. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And you know, your words of wisdom today have been so wonderful. I'm sure that people will just revel in the things that you have said. And we all can do that, which is what you said. Try and make someone's day a little bit better because We Are Not Our Secrets podcast is about that. It's about giving a voice to people. Like you said, sometimes it's good to just listen to someone and sometimes you can cry along with them. There's nothing more uh, empathetic than someone crying with you because you know they truly understand the struggle. So I commend you for your bravery. Thank you for your service in the military, you and your husband. I am elated to have you. I am elated to have you on my podcast to get your wisdom. We need uh, grandmothers telling us their triumphs and tribulations and how you got over it. And here you were as a older person who lost everything and now you've come back. So this is definitely a testimony to people out there to not get so bent out of shape over material things because you can replace them. You said you lost even your pictures. And I know that's something you don't want to lose, our memorabilia of your children. I know you uh, miss those. I'm sure they probably had some pictures of themselves too, though. Your children, hopefully they kept some. I've re-accumulated a lot of those things. Yes, that's good. And then you have your grandbaby's pictures. They probably look a lot like your children. Yes. (laughs) And when you were a child, did you have any childhood uh, secrets that you had to overcome? Or do you know people throughout your lifetime that had secrets that they had to overcome that happened to them when they were children? Well, um, yes, actually. Um, and these are things that I've struggled with over the years that I finally kind of come to grips with. Um, for one, my dad was in the Navy and he was blatantly unfaithful to my mother. Mm. Uh, actually would write her letters saying, yeah, I did this cool thing with this geisha here in Japan and I can hardly wait to try it on you. Oh my goodness. Right. Um, Lord. Yes. And my mother finally couldn't take it anymore. And back in those days, single mothers didn't get um, food stamps or any kind of other support. And she knew that she was pretty much going to be on the street. Um, He wasn't sending her hardly any money to live on. I know she went hungry a lot of days to make sure that my sister and I got fed. Um, But she finally wrote to my grandparents and said, please, can you take them? I'm going to be on the streets. I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but these girls need a home. And so my grandparents took me. And um, 
it has taken me until very recently to finally um, forgive my dad. Um, some forgiving is something that you don't necessarily always do for the other person. My dad passed away a long time ago, um, but it's something you do for yourself. That's so right. That so you don't carry that burden with you anymore. Um, but also during the time that I lived with my grandparents, and this is something that I never told them, they never knew about it. And I'm glad uh, that I didn't because it would have been devastating to them is I was um, sexually abused mm. by of my male relatives during that time, unbeknownst to them. Oh my and, goodness. And um, that was something that I struggled with for a very long time until much later in my life when I educated myself and realized that, uh, that it wasn't me. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't my fault. That's it wasn't, right. It wasn't anything I did. Nope. Those people uh, were needed help. Those people who did that um, would not have done it. I'm sure they would not have done it had they realized the agony that they caused. But it definitely um, impacted me a good portion of my life, made me feel less than, than I am. Yes, that's the sad part about those experiences. And the college professor, Mrs. Dale, that I had on last week said that her students didn't address or even talk about what they had gone through similar situations as yours until they were sophomores in college. And then they had chose some of the same types of people in their lives mm -hmm. and they had developed these patterns. So, sure. and then you don't have the ability to feel good about yourself. And right. then, so now you have to start this uh, cycle of trying to pick yourself up, give yourself self-esteem, and then God knows how bad it was. We know some people uh, who have committed suicide. I wonder what their stories are, but I bet it involves those types of situations, oh, you I'm, know? I'm sure you're right. Well, and the thing is, is you don't know what you don't know. You don't know. You sure and know. So, um, it wasn't until, uh, and as an adult, I um, spent some time working with a place called Safe Place for abused and uh, neglected spouses. They had a, a special uh, private place where they could keep people who were running away from abuse, um, uh, children, wives, th those kinds of people. One of the things that uh, was very clear, we ran a, a group, a support group. And part of it, uh, that the, they could bring their kids. There was a special group that was simultaneous to the adult group for the children. And um, they could come and they could talk about it. It wasn't until they were able to actually talk about it and recognize they weren't alone. They weren't the only ones that had ever been through it and that they started to heal. But the other thing was, is um, a large part of what we did was teach them how not to repeat old patterns. Very and, good. And so I feel very strongly um, about when I saw your show and what you were doing, 
I knew that you have something here that will make a difference for a lot of people because if they know they're not alone, if they know that they're not the only ones, um, if they know that there is hope and there is life after and, and good life after. Man, then, that's outstanding. And then that is something that is so valuable. I mean, like I said, I, I've lost lots of stuff over my life. Some of it in just moves. We were in the military, moved a lot and, and, you know, things would disappear during the moves and, and things like that. Um, but stuff really is just stuff. Um, uh, I think that uh, it's really all about our connections, our relationships with the people around us. And even if your relationship doesn't work out with one person or maybe sometimes a string of people, doesn't mean that you don't have something worthwhile to give and to do in your life. And it doesn't mean that it has to stay the way it is right this minute. So if you're dealing with something right now, if you're struggling with a situation that is scary or um, uncomfortable even, or um, that makes you feel less than who you really are, it's time to step back and realize that every soul, every being on this planet has worth and has potential to be more than they are this minute, regardless of where you are on your path right now. Um, uh, that path, there are bumps in the road. Let's face it, for all of us, um, nobody goes without bumps. At one point in my life, I lived among some very wealthy people. And what I noticed about 90% of them is they were extremely unhappy and miserable. So it's not about the money. And it's not about the stuff. The ones that were happy were ones that were out there doing. They were out there making a difference. They were reaching out to other people. If you, if you need help, there are some amazing helplines that are 1-800 numbers that you can call and get somebody to just talk to that's completely private that nobody else will know about unless you want them to. Okay, reach out to somebody who can help you get what you need in order to move forward because you're worth it. You are amazing and you may not even know it yet. Man, Bunny, you have uplifted, you have inspired, you have led a life that people don't make it back from. And you've not only made it back from, but you've come out whole and well and having words of wisdom to tell us all. And with you talking, there's nothing else that's left to be said today. You have told us everything that is necessary for survival. You have gone through a whole gamut of uh, experiences. And I so appreciate you for coming on my podcast today. And perhaps you can come back another time. I, I would love, love to do that. To come back. I would love to do that, Joyce. Um, uh, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And I really appreciate what you're trying to accomplish with this podcast. And I 
wish you the best in terms of just going out there and helping lots and lots of people. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. I appreciate you too. And the 800 number, there's RAIN, R-A-I-N-N. It is a national hotline. However, I will post it in the description so you could have it. It's RAIN, anti-sexual uh, abuse hotline. There are domestic violence abuse hotlines. We really need a child counseling hotline where yeah. children can call in and discuss what they're going through. Yeah. I just thought of this right now because it's a sexual abuse. Sometimes it may not be sexual abuse. Uh, I had a girl on my podcast who has been a victim, a survivor rather of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Mm. So a child doesn't even know how to assimilate what they're going through. So if they got a hotline, they could at least uh, have some help to discuss what they're going through. I know right. that in domestic violence, as I was growing up, I needed, it would be good to have a hotline, you know? Yeah. I thank you today. We're going to end the podcast here, everyone. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Bunny is a true asset, a veteran, a survivor of sexual abuse, a survival of medical issues, a survivor of homelessness. This is a lady that has triumphed through everything, and I am honored to have had her on my show today. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.